You're listening to Live with Legia every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. I go live over on my YouTube channel, but I get that some of you are busy. You don't have time for a 40-minute YouTube video, so I've created this podcast so you can take me with you wherever you go. Please enjoy, and don't forget to leave a review to give me a little extra lovin' and help the algorithms out. Thanks so much for listening. Please enjoy. Good morning, you hooligans. Good morning. It's Monday. Oh, and I feel it. I hope you had a good weekend. I did. I sure did. Um, Friday, by the end of the week last week, I was like, I'm so over this. I cannot believe I only have two days off. I cannot believe Monday I have to do. I have a lot. I have a big long day today. Um, But the power of the weekend is that sometimes it can be restorative. And I found mine to be restorative this weekend. I had a like friends holiday party yesterday um, and I'm starting to host more stuff at my house. Um, And I bought my house a year and a half ago with the idea like it's a perfect space for entertaining. Um, But then, you know, COVID continued and I was going to have like a huge 30th birthday bash last January, but then Omicron took over. And so there's like a lot of stuff that I haven't been able to celebrate because of COVID, including like graduating from law school, becoming a lawyer, turning 30, buying the house itself. Like I couldn't celebrate any of that shit because of COVID. So it feels really good to be able to have people over. So we were just doing like a holiday party. Everyone brought some food to share. I My fridge is filled to the brim with leftovers, which is amazing. I don't have to cook this week. One person, shout out to Katie for bringing gluten-free vegan uh, mac and cheese because I can't, I can't be eating gluten or, or dairy right now. Did I have some gluten and dairy yesterday? Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. But uh, generally speaking, the doctor's orders are to avoid. And so now I have gluten-free vegan mac and cheese, and I made a huge pot of chili. And you know what that means. Chili mac. You mix the chili with the mac and cheese to create something even better than the sum of its parts, if you can believe it. Um, so that's thrilling. So uh, my heart feels full after having my house filled with people and Charlie and I decorated yesterday. And if you don't know, if you haven't seen, I made a video about like my Victorian house walkthrough. Um, I, my house is very Victorian. There's a lot of old woodwork. And so we hung up a lot of like natural greenery around with some Christmas lights. And so it looks like a very Victorian Christmas in here and it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, I have a full day today. So let's jump in. Let's jump in to the news today. Let's see. We're going straight into Trump o'clock. Straight into Trump o'clock. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Okay. Um, so one piece of Trump news. The final day of the criminal trial against the Trump organization was on Friday. The prosecutor in, in closing arguments said that Trump himself explicitly authorized tax fraud through his executives at the Trump board 
Ford. Um, and now the jury deliberates. And yes, this is a criminal trial against the Trump organization. Yes, you can try a company on criminal charges, for criminal fraud. Um, I don't know how it's going to come out. The jury has to deliberate. I'm fascinated to see what they say and see what the actual consequences will be. Obviously, you can't put a company in jail. That's not what's happening. The, the punishments could be like being barred from doing business in the state of New York or something. Um, criminal sanctions of some sort. So we'll see what's to come of that. But that's fun and exciting. We'll see what happens. Um, but you can tell that he's getting desperate because on Saturday, he said that the Constitution, the Constitution should be terminated. <laughs> Um, on his uh, on his social media, Truth Social, he posted a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. This is about the 2020 election still. He's saying it's a massive fraud. And so we should do away with even the Constitution at this point. Which is wild. Tone deaf to his supporters, but also I'm sure his supporters are still going to somehow overlook this and support this or argue it away or just be so ignorant that they won't even know he said this, um, which is wild because if if my TikTok reaction videos on my main page, I've done two so far, I'm going to do more in the future. If they've taught us anything, it's that hard right leaning people who are Trump supporters also are obsessed with the Constitution or what they think the Constitution says. Um, and so him declaring that we should terminate the Constitution that they so desperately cling to, that they say our forefathers wrote with divine knowledge, wild. Wild that he can say shit like that and still have a base. You know what I mean? <laughs> His supporters aren't very detail-oriented, to say the least. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The more Trump Trumps, I went, well, the thing is he never had to make money because his daddy made money and gave him a million dollar loan. If not more. I feel like we've been told he was given a million dollar loan, but I feel like I read somewhere that it was even more than that. Either way, most people don't get million dollar loans from their fathers to just start a real estate empire. And the thing with the real estate empire is that once you have the starting capital, it just feeds itself because then you can get down payments on credit based on your other properties that you hold. And you can just rack up debt because you also have the property to back it up. And you can just keep going and going and going. And that's how people, that's how these like finance bros have like 400 Airbnb properties because it's this hor horrifying self-perpetuating machine that should be illegal. But that's a, me screaming on another day. Maybe I should make a video about that. Should I make a video about how I think that mass rental, like mass ownership of rentals, especially short-term rentals should not be legal? Let me add that. Everyone, hold on. I'm adding it to the list. Um, mass ownership of rentals should be illegal. Right. Okay. Everyone focus in. All right. Okay. And we are going to kind of stick 
I mean, is this Trump o'clock? No, but I'm going to keep it at Trump o'clock just because it's close enough. Um, Elon Musk released internal documents, internal Twitter documents to an independent journalist named Matt Tybee, this guy. I don't, I don't like the cut of his jib. I don't like the look of him. And he reviewed allegedly thousands of documents and emails and then released his report based on this internal Twitter info that he got from Elon. He released a report. And of course, he released the report via a Twitter thread. A Twitter thread. It's almost like he got the info from Elon and Elon gave it to him with the purpose of generating interest in Twitter. Fascinating. Okay. So the released documents show internal emails. And a lot of these emails have to do with the time when during right before the 2020 election, Twitter decided to remove an article from the New York Post talking about Hunter Biden's laptop because they thought it might have been like fake news generated by Russia, hacked Russia hack, Russia backed information, something they had reason to believe. I don't know if there was much reason, but they had some reason to believe that the article was misinformation that they did not want to proliferate on the website. So they made the determination to remove that article, um, which, of course, infuriated the, the right because they're already up in fucking arms literally about the Hunter Biden laptop. And then they see this like mainstream social media run by elites do active censorship of a right-leaning news organization over something that they think the government is involved with perpetuate. You know, like it was a bad fucking move. And Jack Dorsey, who was the CEO at the time, went in front of Congress and said, yeah, that was a bad idea. So they, they removed the article, they backtracked later and put the article back up. Um, but it was enough of a fuck up that we're still talking about it almost three years later. So um, these documents show basically where the 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 internal higher ups at Twitter talking about whether or not this news article should be released on Twitter. And so according to this guy, he releases this Twitter feed thread that he calls the Twitter files, which he wrote in incredibly dramatic fashion. The Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankensteinian tale of a human-built mechanism grown out of con the control of its designer. Um, and I'm going to be really honest, I didn't read this whole thread. There's like 35 tweets in it. And when a white man starts talking like this, I don't, he looks white. He might not be white. When anyone starts talking like this, especially if they're a man, I would rather gouge my eyes out with forks than read this whole thing. I'm going to be really honest because I'm not a news reporter, so I don't have to. <laughs> I just come he on here and tell you what I have read. And I be, and I try to be as transparent as possible about my biases and about when I don't, I just couldn't give two shits to read this whole thing. We got bigger fish to fry. We've all moved on. They have not, clearly. What was wild about this is that Elon egged this on 
at one point he tweeted something like this should be good with like a little popcorn emoji at the end you know like i'm eating popcorn with anticipation um he later said well the thing is too a lot of these emails that he screenshotted i like to say screenshot um include emails i'm trying to find one include screenshots of emails of like higher up people in twitter with elon later being like oh we probably should have probably should have removed those emails yeah 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 that's probably would have been a good idea because this twitter thread was clearly just meant to incite a lot of people to do a lot of stupid shit and get really mad and now they have the email addresses to do something with their anger so stupid <sighs> okay and a lot of people who actually read the thread again i did not a lot of them are saying literally it's just like it just shows an earnest conversation amongst executives at this company who were genuinely trying to suss out a messy situation and genuinely ask hard questions about censorship in this situation that's what a lot of people are saying this shows but of course if you're trying to sell a story you're gonna amp it up to be this like breaking news headlines they've been like at one point he's saying they were like well he didn't say he actually said that there was no evidence that the government in any way had anything to do with whether or not twitter censored this story which of course you know all the conspiracy theorists on the far right are saying like well the government did this the democrats did this there's no evidence of that um but it's just it's been blown into this thing that like a lot of people who are reading it aren't seeing it for what he's claiming it is and at one point he <laughs> Again, just as an example of how he, like, over-exaggerated a lot of things. Um, this guy named Zabo wrote a letter, and he said it contains chilling passages relaying Democratic lawmakers' attitudes. They want more moderation. And as for the Bill of Rights, it's not absolute. Saying, the First Amendment isn't absolute. Here's the fucking thing, my dude. The First Amendment is not absolute. I have just feel like I scream this every fucking day on this stupid fucking show. It's not absolute. It's not absolute. I made a whole video on it called Elon Musk's version of the First Amendment. You can go watch it. The First Amendment is not absolute. No rights are absolute because the thing with rights is that usually if you have some, it's probably stepping on the toes of someone else's rights. If you have the right to free speech, then you are stepping on the toes of someone else who doesn't want to fucking hear your speech. And for the most part, we just have to put up with it. But there are limits to that. There are limits to that. Um, and thank God for that. Because if we could just spew whatever hateful, violent, inciting, violence-inciting rhetoric that we wanted, I don't want to live in that world. That's not a world I want to live in. And I don't know why this is a hill people want to die on, that we have to have absolute freedom of speech at all other, at any cost. The First Amendment is not absolute. Read some fucking Supreme Court precedent, you absolute buffoon. Okay? Great. So that's what's happening over in fucking Twitter land. I guess I can remove the Trump o'clock. <clears throat> let, me, let me see what... Let me see some of your comments here. 
Yeah, we're good on Elon just kind of shooting up to Mars. See you later. I see the words Kayla McEnany, so I'm fucking out. I don't know who that is. But good to know. We got some shady characters here. Waiting for Elon and Bezos to use technology to sell ads on the moon. You think they would be big enough to like reflect down at us at night? That's some that's some black mirror shit. That's some black mirror shit. Yeah. Tiabi admitted it shows no evidence of government involvement, but of course, everyone who reads this is going to overlook that detail and they're going to say this is definitive proof of what I don't know that people had a lot of conversations within Twitter headquarters about a single article once 3 years ago. I don't really know what like groundbreaking information he thinks is happening here. Thank you so much for the super chat. Okay, Kaylee worked in the Trump White House. Thank you. Yeah, they can't put ads on the moon. We got to charge our fucking crystals, you guys. Jeez Louise. All right. Okay. Uh, we're moving on. All right, folks. Everyone focus. Okay. Um, in other news, in other news, uh, Alex Jones, you know him. He filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, surprise, surprise, citing the families of the Sandy Hook victims as his biggest creditors, of course. Um, I'm no bankruptcy expert, but I believe what happens is that now the families have to work with the bankruptcy court to get whatever they can out of him through this bankruptcy process. And frankly, the amount that they're able to get out of him probably won't be the hundreds of millions of dollars that they're owed by him. Therein lies the major disappointment of our judicial system, and that is that if you win a civil case against someone and they are ordered to pay you a lot of money, if they don't have that money, you don't get that money. It's a real fucking bummer. It's a real fucking bummer. So that's what's going on with Alex Jones. Uh, another gross man, Harvey Weinstein. His L.A. rape case trial thing went to the jury on Friday, which is continuing its deliberations today. There are eight accusers involved in this case. This is separate from the case in New York for which he is already serving time. Um, the theory of his defense is that all eight of these women, none of whom know each other, are all lying. <laughs> They've all come together to bring down a powerful Hollywood man. And they're willing to put their necks on the line to see him in prison. Which makes no sense because he's already in prison. And that's a lot of fucking people. That's a lot of fucking coincidences. That's a lot of random people interested in becoming absolutely ridiculed because women who come forward about rape often are they're willing to risk that for this gross guy just to lie that seems plausible right yeah yeah
Yeah, this man is not going bankrupt. I refuse to believe it. Simply not to pay. Yeah, it's certainly a means of hiding behind the system in order to not pay. I, again, I am woefully uninformed about how bankruptcy court works because it's like, it's so convoluted that we have a separate court for it. Like regular judges can't hear bankruptcy cases. Bankruptcy court judges hear them because it's such a specialized area of knowledge and you've got bankruptcy lawyers and stuff. Not my vibe because that sounds boring as fuck. But yeah, I don't know. I'm There are criteria for you to be able to file for bankruptcy. I don't know what they are though. Anyway, uh, let's see. What else do I have? Oh, okay. Moving on. This is very important, and I want to take some time to talk about it. The Supreme Court is hearing arguments today for a very important case that we should talk about. It's called 303 Creative versus Alenis. It's going to be argued before the Supreme Court today. Let's break it down. This is Lori Smith. Take it, just take it in. Just take the take it in. This is Lori Smith. She's a graphic designer in Colorado who says that her First Amendment rights to refuse services to gay couples who are getting married would be violated by Colorado's anti-discrimination law. If this sounds similar or familiar to the cake shop case out of Colorado from five years ago, it's because it is. She is challenging the exact same Colorado anti-discrimination law. And, and that law says that she's not allowed to deny the gays services. If you open yourself up for business, you cannot deny that business to people, especially people from marginalized groups. She says, however, that her faith does not allow her to make graphics to celebrate gay weddings. She said she's fine making graphics for the LGBTQIA plus population otherwise, just not to celebrate marriages because it's against her faith. My favorite thing about this picture is in the background where it says, stay humble, work hard, be kind. You can't really see it, but it says, be kind. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? And so, yes, we're back at the Supreme Court talking about the same law that this cake case already talked about. The reason that this wasn't already settled during that cake case is because the Supreme Court decided it on very narrow grounds that did not get at the question of whether religious freedom is violated when someone is forced to serve the gays in their creative expressions. Um, And even during that cake case, the Supreme Court acknowledged that they were determining it on very narrow grounds and that the question about the First Amendment protection on freedom of religion and freedom of expression and how it affects business owners who refuse to serve the gays. They said that question is kicking, being kicked down the road to be answered by a different case with similar facts on a different day, which is exactly what they've now been given. And the case, the cake case was decided by a Supreme Court that looked very different from the shit show that we have now. That case was in 2018. We had Justice Kennedy. We had Justice Ginsburg. They both no longer are on the court. And uh, we've got a very different court now, and one that seems very keen to protect religious freedom in many forms. Okay? 
So the way that this case, 303 Creative versus Elenis, differs from the Cake case is that in the Cake case, there was an actual couple who was discriminated against by this cake maker. They came into the cake maker's shop. They said, we want a cake for our gay wedding. And the cake maker said, no, I won't serve you. And they the, then the couple sued on civil rights grounds. So in that case, the actual encounter that they had with the cake maker mattered. The details of it mattered. Did this word mean this? Did this action rise to the level of discriminatory, et cetera, et cetera. In this case, 303 Creative, there hasn't actually been any act of discrimination. There's no couple at the heart of this case. No one has been actively discriminated against in this case. Um, it's actually this woman, the graphic designer, Lori Smith. She's the one doing the suing. She's the one who started the case. And she's suing to get a declaratory judgment, which we talked about in my last edited video over on my main page, where we talked all about important legal words you should know. See? What did I tell you? She's seeking a declaratory judgment. She's asking the judge to declare the Colorado law unconstitutional and a violation of her First Amendment rights. So she's basically asking the Supreme Court to give her permission to discriminate against the gays so that she doesn't get into trouble. Because if the Supreme Court makes that determination that it is a violation of her First Amendment rights, then it, the Colorado law is no longer enforceable, at least in that context. And it begins to chip away at who could possibly be discriminated against. If we determine that the gays are fine, then what about the blacks? Okay. That one's a little harder, though, because there's less of a religious bent or justification for discriminating against black people. But what about the Jews? I won't make a cake for Jews because it goes against my religious beliefs. I don't know. Maybe. That's kind of what people are worried about. It's slowly chipping away at the protections that we're giving to marginalized groups. Um, but another, another issue here in this case is that unlike the cake making, underlying the cake case, which you can argue cake making is an art, a form of expression, but it can also be argued that cake making is mainly for taste or nutrition. Um, but Lori's graphic designs are more easily seen as expression, as creative, as pure expression. She is making designs like that falls under the category of art. That is clearly expression in a way that a cake or you can argue both ways for a cake. You can't really argue both ways for a piece of graphic design that someone has created. And the First Amendment protects artistic expression. It protects expression. And so... Um, if they find that Lori's freedom of expression trumps the gay's freedom from being discriminated against and allows her to, to discriminate, then the lawyers representing the state of Colorado are saying that they're arguing that any business then, if they find in her favor, then any business that has an expressive service, so like a design service, writing service, music service, whatever, that's clearly expressive, they could put up a sign in their window that says women not served, Jews not served, black people not served, and they can claim a First Amendment right to do so because it's their freedom of expression. And being forced to serve who they don't want to serve is a violation of their freedom of expression, which would, of course, open the floodgates of future litigation. And it's unclear where that ends if we start down that path. So this case um, started in Colorado. It went through the 10th Circuit to get to the Supreme Court. And the 10th Circuit judges 
two, two out of the three on the panel, agreed that the creation of websites and graphics was indeed expression. And when a law is created that violates a person's free expression like this, their First Amendment rights, it has to pact, it has to pass strict, strict judicial scrutiny. Holy shit, talking is hard. It has to pass, it has to pass strict judicial scrutiny, meaning that the state that created the law, so Colorado in this case, must show that the state has a compelling interest, a compelling interest, that's a high bar, in creating this law. And that the law itself is narrowly tailored to address that compelling interest. Meaning it cannot be the sweeping law that includes more expression than is necessary in this case. And the state has to actually have an interest in whatever the law is ab about. But on the Tenth Circuit, the judges found that the lawyers for the state had passed the strict scrutiny burden. They had showed that the state of Colorado had a compelling interest in protecting the dignity of members of marginalized groups and that and in protecting their material interests in accessing the commercial marketplace. So they said, yes, the state of Colorado both gets to protect the members of a marginalized group and their interests in accessing the commercial marketplace. And they have shown that they have that um, that interest. They've passed that burden. And so now it goes to the Supreme Court because obviously Lori appealed that decision and it goes up to the Supreme Court to see if the Supreme Court agrees with the Tenth Circuit that the state of Colorado does indeed have a compelling interest and that the law they wrote is narrowly tailored to serve those interests. And we'll see what they say. Like I said, they seem very inclined up at the Supreme Court to protect religious freedom and the First Amendment freedom of expression at all costs. And um, yeah, we uh, they'll hear it today. The decision will probably come out in like June. So we kind of just have to wait. Ay, ay, ay. Let me look. Let me look at your comments. Mm -hmm. Wow. What an active chat group we have today. Let's see. <laughs> That's right. Customizing a WordPress theme equals the zenith of art. Less laugh, less live, laugh, love, more gatekeeper, gaslighting, girl boss. That's nice. Yeah, could you imagine if someone said, I won't make something for Christian weddings because it's against my religious beliefs? That's kind of my fear with this is if it is allowed, then can Christians say, I won't make, I won't make anything for Jews? because it doesn't align with my religious beliefs. Like, you know, where does it end? Yeah, she's just, she's just posting, pasting stock photos with this like 
handwritten script she found on Canva. Still counts as expression, though, y'all. First Amendment's powerful. It protects a lot of things. Protects a lot of things. Yeah. The, the, the cognitive dissonance between her and all of these signs on her, on her, in her office. Stay humble, work hard, be kind. Create freely, asterisk. But not for the gays. Never for the gays. So that's that. That's what they're they're arguing today. We'll see. I have no idea what's going to come. The Supreme Court is out of their fucking minds. So anything's possible. All right. Um, you know, that could have been under my banner of get me out of here. But moving on to more get me out of here news. Um, in North Carolina on Sunday, two electrical substations were intentionally damaged by gunfire. Someone came and just shot up two electrical substations in Moore County, North Carolina, leaving about 45,000 people without electricity and causing the county to declare a state of emergency and instate a 9 p.m. curfew because the roads were so dark and they had sub-freezing temperatures. So they were like, please just stay inside because this is a mess. It was Sunday, yesterday. There are theories out there that this attack was backlash against a drag performance that was happening nearby. The power cut off about 40 minutes into the show. And then there were reports that during the show, after the right after the power cut off, uh, members of the audience pulled out their phones to light the performer who continued to sing a cappella. And then everyone in the room spontaneously broke out in a rendition of Don't Stop Believin'. And that's why I love the gays. They won't be stopped. They won't be stopped. Anyway, but there is no actual indication at this point that there's a definite correlation between the attack and the drag show, just to be clear. The drag show organizers had been receiving threats. It's about, I think they said it was the fourth show that they've put on at this location. They had been receiving threats, um, but none that indicated this type of attack. But the officials are describing the attack as intentional, willful, and malicious, which to some people would be would count as domestic terrorism. But it's unclear. It's unclear who it was directed at or why at this juncture. TBD. All right. And then to wrap it up. Oh, okay. We're in consumption corner now, I guess. You might already know this. If you don't, I'm so sorry to be the bearer of this horrific news, um, but Noodle, the pug on TikTok, the no bones and bones day, he died. He died on Friday. His owner announced it on Saturday. And yeah, I sobbed about it this morning. I did. I had a little sob because no dogs are allowed to die ever. Because if I have to think of the mortality of that dog, then I have to think of the mortality of my dog. And it's not acceptable. I refuse to accept. So pour one out for Noodle today. I hope you have a very Bones Day. But if you also have a no Bones Day, that's okay too. That's okay too. We all have Bones Days and no Bones Days. 
So sorry to end it on a sad note. I don't even have Moira here as a as a palate cleanser because she is at doggy boot camp learning all sorts of tricks. This is she's just starting week two today, two of four weeks. Um, last week she well, so she knows down and she knows sit, but she gets the two confused. So sometimes when you say sit, she lays all the way down, and sometimes when you say down, she sits or does nothing because she's a bulldog and does whatever she wants. Um, so we're getting better at down and sit. We are not perfect. We're not perfect. She's also learning watch me to get her attention. Um, we're starting on wait to get her to like wait until I let her go out of a door, for example. So she's not, so she has in the habit of stopping and waiting for me to give her permission to leave. Um, and soon she'll be starting leash training, which is, I'm very excited about because she is a puller and she's strong. She's a strong little girl. She's small, but mighty. She's 40 pounds and she pulls a lot. She pulls a lot. Um, yes, she's definitely a back of the classroom kind of gal for sure. For sure. She, you know, sometimes yours has never learned weight. She has, she will do it for me sometimes. Depends on how much distraction there is and how, how determined she is to get the hell out of the house. So that, I mean, that's the whole point. It's a lot of practice. It's a lot of repetition and four weeks of boot camp is not going to cut it. You know, like we're doing the boot camp to give her a good basis and me a good basis on how to do this stuff. Because I took her to a puppy class once and it was, it was hard. It was like me and like ate all their dogs and their owners all trying to learn the same skills. And like, it was during COVID. So we were all wearing masks and it's really, really hard to be like training your dog while wearing a mask and while the trainer is wearing a mask and trying to yell instructions above the din of all of the dogs and their owners. And it was like in a big room where there were other dogs and other owners taking other classes. It was not conducive to really great learning. Um, and so I decided to spring for the boot camp because I'm like, we got to get her trained. We got to get her trained. Um, so. So that's that. And that's my update for the day. It's Monday. I got a lot of shit to do. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm not looking forward, frankly, to this, to this fucking to-do list. Um, but we got to jump into it. Okay. Please, please don't forget to smash the like button. Uh, you can support this channel through super chats and super stickers. And I think there's like a gift now, like a super gift or super thanks. Um, you can become a member over on my main YouTube channel, or you can join my Patreon community, which is linked below. That's all I got for you today. Please don't forget to like this. Subscribe. This is a different channel than my main channel. If that's not clear, subscribe here so that you get notifications. Smash the like button, etc. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I hope you all have a very bones day. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Live with Leija. Reminder, you can catch me every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time over on my YouTube channel or catch the latest episode here in podcast form the afternoon after it airs. Don't forget to leave a review for the algorithms. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye.